I just brought up on Kempom because it's so beautiful. Um, the 2018 season <laughs> where they lost every ACC game. Um, and it's just kind of like, yeah, you're in a good place. You're you're all right. You've yeah. got some green parts <laughs> on your Kempom profile now. So that's, that's uh, lovely to see. Yeah. That's I awesome. always think it like when it's when it's all red everywhere, like Carolina's is, it's like it looks like blood to me. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, the blood. Yeah. Oh, God. Virginia's always ends up with a bunch of blue <laughs> for, like, oh, just yeah. playing, like, slow. <laughs> yep. Welcome to an ACC podcast. It is National Championship Monday for Clemson. Um, but I talked about that a lot with Kelly Gramlich uh, on the last episode. And let me just like refer you all back to that. Um, Not to say that like we don't have to talk about it at all, but I mean, there's really not much left to be like Kelly was so, so good in breaking that down and just everything. And, and actually, you know, I almost, I thought about getting Kelly back on because this is like, I witnessed history over the weekend and she, she kind of, you know, she was sort of trying to talk me into it. And I think what she said played out, uh, for Clemson, that if they were going to break that streak um, for North Carolina, well, like, uh, never winning at North Carolina, um, they were going to need Amir Sims to to be really good, and he was really really good um, in that game. And I still, I'm still kind of in shock about like what I witnessed in that game. But I thought I should bring Caroline Darney on with me, uh, who you all know by now, I'm sure, to sort of help me break down. Um, well, a weekend in the ACC that happened and has has a lot of people um, in their feelings. A lot of people uh, in their feelings, y'all. It's it's, it's January. Some, <laughs> yeah, including some entitled fan bases. Um, <laughs> uh, although, I, you know what? I do. I, I, I want to say this off the top. I I have been extremely surprised in a good way with North Carolina fans this year because. Like I have been in that build, I've covered games in that building a long time. I've been to games in that building for a long time. That crowd has a t- propensity to not always be the most supportive, and I don't say that to be rude. I just mean that they, um, they have not. You know, sometimes they're not as loud as you know Roy. I know would like them to be, and sometimes when things aren't going well, you can sort of sense their angst and their dissatisfaction, and. Um, I think that they have this like sense this year that this team really needs them. And they have tried so hard to be like an extra force for this team. Like, especially as you know, especially after they lost Cole Anthony, you've just gotten this sense from that crowd that like any little thing positive that happens, like whether it's, you know, diving for a loose ball or like anything like that, they have been so supportive and like really a good thing for this team, the exception. And I think this was more just them being stunned than anything else was the end of the clips. <laughs> oh man. Cause it was like, what do you do when you're watching someone throw up on themselves? Um, <laughs> well, and I think like you look at those and you're right. Like there's obviously the you know, stereotypes, if you will, of you know what that crowd is like at the Dean dome and everyone throws the wine and cheese out and that they don't know how to cheer and it's never loud. It's not intimidating. And I don't fully buy into that. There have definitely been games I've gone to there where it doesn't get as like raucous and crazy as like if you're at PNC or Duke, obviously, or like if you get a good matchup at JPJ, like, but I agree with you. It's been, 
the UNC is a program where people will always, it's what happens with blue, blue, blue bloods. People will get excited when you're not good and they'll laugh at you and enjoy your misery because you've done this to other people for so long that now you get a taste of what it's like to be bad. Carolina this year isn't even fun bad. Like it's not like, it's not where, I mean, I'm sure there's still Duke fans that are enjoying the hell out of it or NC state fans or same thing, or I'm sure some old angry Kansas fans or something, but um, I see a team that is struggling to, get things to fall into place um and guys that are trying like real hard and that's that's the thing and i think that that's what the fans yeah. see is like it's the injuries these guys, these guys are, are doing their yeah. best man <laughs> and and that's like when i say and I, again like i'm not trying i really like roy williams and i'm not trying to pile on or laugh at them or make fun so i mean it's like it's just this is a, a group of guys and i feel the same way and similar we'll talk about virginia but you know it's not something where it's a bunch of entitled players that just aren't meshing and they're being ball hogs and that's why they're losing. Like it's right. This kind of like, it's, I think it's kind of tough to watch and I'm sure if my mom heard this, she'd take me out of the will for not enjoying it more. But, um, well, and like, you know, I think also, I think the crowd almost knows that this team needs like confidence yeah. and, and they're trying to provide that yeah. to them. Like they're trying to give them that extra boost of like, Hey, we see you. Like, we know that you're trying really hard and like, we support you. And I, I, and that game, like those fans showed up, you know, like it was loud. It was a great environment. And like, it was, I mean, I don't know if it was sold out or not. I don't know what the attendance was, but it it was pretty full there. Yeah. And it was mostly, it was mostly Carolina fans. I mean, there was one Clemson media member there. I'm not kidding you. One. <laughs> I guess it's understandable. One singular person. Oh man, poor Brad Brownell in that post, post game press conference. Like, Hey Steve, how are you? Yeah, good. They didn't have it in the budget to go to New Orleans. Okay, cool. Anyway, thanks for writing about us. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, no matter what, no matter what that streak is, it could have been, oh, and a hundred. Like, there's not going to be more press there than a national championship weekend, like, for football. Like, and, and that no. it is what it is. And I would love the, you know, we, we'll talk probably later about some of these inane hypotheticals that people always like to put on the internet, but... Um, I'm going to die laughing at, I, like, with the championship game tonight. Like, um... If, you know, LSU is an extremely good team. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made it. And Clemson's right. really good. If LSU wins, I'm so excited for the memes about, like, how they traded this for the basketball win. <laughs> Even though so no funny. one asked for it. No, you know, no one would ever trade those two things. Like, I think you'd take 0-60 to get championship number three in four years, you know? I'm sorry. I well, don't think. Joke, even, I the, know that that is the case. But <laughs> The joke with football this year was like, there was like a jokey hypothetical put online about like, would Carolina trade that? Like, yeah. Beating Clemson <laughs> for the streak ending in basketball. And they were and like, you know, I mean, obviously, I think most people like, I thought it was an interesting question, right? Yeah. Because like at that point, North Carolina's season was already relatively inconsequential in terms of like, they weren't going to make the national title game or anything in football. Yeah. So, so like, you know, but still, it's a big, like, program-changing type of win. Yeah, I think you've sure, got to take the win over Clemson, right? I mean, because this is... When, when I look at these type of stretches and these long... There's rarely something that still exists where it's O and whatever. Or whatever and O. Like, and, you know, Virginia was, you know, compliant enough to help with the 16 seed over a 1. <laughs> like... Uh, there was always the, you know, anytime that you have, I mean, you guys talked on Friday about the, the this being the year where streaks end. Um, at a certain point, they become so cumbersome that like 
I think that there's everything's going to come to an end. It's going to happen at some point, you know, whether or not it's. And so it's really what really stinks, I think, is to be the team that ruins it. Right. Like, well, and here's what's interesting, (laughs) though, to me. And I wrote about this at um, WRLSportsFan.com for Carolina is like this has been a topic with teams and like teams that came close have sort of said in postgame, like, we're not going to be the team to let this streak in and blah, 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 blah. What really struck me is this North Carolina team is just in such a place that like that did not come up really because like they have so like yeah. so many bigger issues. They got other know? fish to like, fry at this point. Right. And it will end up being this like weird footnote to the season of like, you know, that's already going to be historical for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And it's, it also is just interesting the way that it played out. Right. So like we were, this was during the Virginia Syracuse game. So we were monitoring it. Um, I had it on Hulu on my computer and kind of was trying to check in every now and again, but, you know, watching the live game in front of me. And I thought, oh, you know, here it is. Like they were ahead by what, 12 to 15, almost all game or like eight to 12. It it felt like Carolina had, well, I won't say comfortably in hand because it is the 2019, 2020 season. And literally I don't feel comfortable about anything in this basketball season, but um, so that like the kind of the way this all plays into this confidence issue that you talked about, like, you know, not even feeling comfortable. They had a lead against Pitt and that didn't go great. Yeah, you know, they like, blew they blew a double digit lead now. I think it's the first time in Smith Center history that they've blown double digit halftime leads. Um it's not even to, it's just a it's yeah. just a mess. And just and like Andrew Playtech talked about it after like where they just he got the sense when they started making mistakes late that like they were just so afraid to make the next mistake. Absolutely. Like you can't play basketball no. that way. And it's contagious um, because yes. at that point you get, and again, this will all tie into thoughts on Virginia. I have too, but like once you get into that zone and like you said, no one wants to make a mistake. No one wants to be the guy that messes it up. You know, like there's so much pressure and look, I'll throw it out there. Cause I'm sure there's people listening. They're like, Oh, poor Carolina. They did have in their starting lineup with all the injuries that they've sustained a five star, three, four stars and a three star, which was Playtech. So like Roy's and Playtech was their Well, Playtech was like their best, second yeah. best player for the majority yeah. of that game, which in, in and of itself is quite telling. <laughs> like they're not, the cupboard isn't bare, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, and that doesn't say not, the stars don't right, indicate but, forever, everything, like how you're going to play and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So like, you know, Roy has been a little, pieces, yeah. a little, loose I think with the media in a sense so, like he's t- saying a lot of things that maybe some people don't appreciate or don't agree with him putting out into the public just very candid about his players um, yeah. <laughs> to put it mildly so it, that sort of thing like I'm sure there are people listening or you know people out there that are like oh don't feel so sorry for them like they have good players they're just not like they just stink and I'm like alright that's fine too like I get what you're saying from that standpoint like I yeah I do I do but at the same time like I do think it's like it it, it harkens to mind two things for me one I remember when um in Coach K in the early tens late two thousands um like he had teams that not early tens because obviously they won it all in twenty ten but like <laughs> they had teams like Greg Paulus at point guard and stuff like that where like let's let's also work, like keep this in mind too that there are times where players get a little bit of a bump from who recruits them, right? So it, it's a little bit like the football phenomenon where it's like, you know, if yeah. s- school X looks at you, you might get a little bit more cachet yeah. 
in the recruiting rankings. And and then let's also look at how the pieces fit together and and sort of what their development arcs have been at UNC. Like, yeah, Leaky Black is a four-star kid, but he's also been injured most of his career sure. and, and has been asked agree. to play yep. like four different positions. <laughs> you know, yeah, so like, absolutely. We, right. We have to look at all of these things in context and just like try to piece them together uh, that way. Um Brandon Robinson was really blaming himself. And I, that one, that one hurt me to see, like, just after the game to see him, like, he has a career high. He does everything that that team needed him to do. Everything, you know, but he missed the shot in regulation and he misses the shot at the end. And he's like, I lost us that game. And you have so many guys in that room right now just being like, it's my fault, including Roy. Yeah. Um, Because Roy was saying he didn't remind them to foul and that was his fault. And that's, you know, at the end of regulation up or up three, um, he didn't remind them to foul. And actually, I remember when Clyde Trapp missed those two free throws, like with like 18 seconds left or whatever, um, that would have if he had made them both, Clemson would have gone up by one and he misses both and they're still down by one. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, he's not a good free throw shooter, but I'm also like, yeah, this is this is why Clemson will never win here. And lo and behold, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's anyway, I mean, we've gone on a lot about North Carolina, but I mean, I see the star stuff and like people aren't wrong. I, I understand yeah. that. Like, I don't think, you know, but at the same time, like, I think it's worth like looking at what we see out there on the court and, and like, I, and I actually thought Baycott looked great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like much better than he's been looking. Um, it, it's just, you, you have to like, these guys are still guys that would be when you put them in context of where they would fit on normal North Carolina teams, like they would, uh, I mean, I think the starter of this bunch is, I mean, maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if there's a starter in that bunch, like on a normal quote unquote North Carolina. Team. Yeah. I'm not sure that there is, there are rotation guys. Like I think Baycott Brooks and, and, and Brandon Robinson are all rotation guys probably play tech. Cause Roy loves play tech. And <laughs> I, I get play it. Tech. <laughs> no, it was funny before the game. I was with uh, Joe Ovius, you know, from 99, for those who don't know. Um, and we do panic room videos. You can also find those on WRLsportsfan.com. And he actually called it before the game. He's like, this is the Andrew Playtech game. And I was like, dude. <laughs> and like all of a sudden, like Playtech is like their assist leader, their re- leading rebounder. And he played great. Like, it, you know, they did for most of that game, they did everything that they needed to do to win the game. They just couldn't quite do it. Yeah. They also had their fourth. Like that's the, the other thing about this too is like, yes, you look at the stars, but then you also look at the fact that they have that because uh, Jeremiah Francis had to miss the game with knee soreness. I really hope that's not anything more serious because yeah. he's uh, Anthony Harris. They've already lost the year with another torn ACL. Both he and Francis um, had, have not played basketball in a while because they were coming off bad knee injury histories. And um, you hope that's nothing worse for Francis, but because of that injury, they were on their fourth different starting point guard in like what? 16. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that just messes with obviously chemistry and you know, how much are you trusting where everyone is on the court? Like that stuff matters. It does like, and that's now I'm with you, but anyway, we've talked enough about North Carolina. Um, they're, it's, you know, this was their easy portion, quote unquote. So yeah, it's not great, um, for them right now. So yeah. Um, I mean, let's see what else. I, I was following the Louisville Notre Dame score pretty closely because, like, yeah. I was like, Notre Dame, are you going to do that? I thought they were going to do it, and that was another one that just like timing wise, I think it ended right around uh, the start of you know where I watched a bunch of that game. So Notre Dame got out to a huge lead, fell behind, and then came back and had like a five point lead or so late. Um, but Louisville managed to to pull that one off, which again, and I. Uh, the number of teams that I trust this season, not just ACC, just in general. Um, Basically like one to two. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, even that, like, I don't think yeah. I trust Baylor 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I, I think right now I trust Duke. I, because Gonzaga is in conference play, I'm pretty comfortable with Gonzaga. And again, not a knock. I actually think Gonzaga is really good, but just the, again, the con the quality of the day in day out teams, it's harder to get tripped up by a, you know, 200 Ken Palm team than it is a, a 92. You know what I mean? Like just one of those things. But, um, and I don't, I don't know. I, I'm never, I've never been like the biggest Kansas. I don't know. We'll see what they do, but it's just, I don't know what you, I thought I trusted Ohio state. I thought I trusted yeah, Oregon a little bit there for a while. That was a mistake. <laughs> um, clearly I mean, everyone to be fair, overreacted yeah. about Michigan. <laughs> well, uh, Michigan state. I don't trust as far, as far as I can throw them. Just be, I mean, no. and that's that their game is just about it. I think Purdue is a great example of like what this season is like with just looking at their resume. They've got a huge win over Virginia. They've got um, a huge loss to Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska. They've got a huge loss. They scored 37 points against Illinois in a loss and they scored 71 on Michigan state in a win two games later. It's just whatever. Oh uh, yeah. I just throw my hands in the <laughs> it's, air. It's I was filling out. Yeah. I was filling out my ballot. Um, like with your assistance, this, this <laughs> like, I was just like, I don't know. Like you were like, Virginia shouldn't be ranked. And I'm like, well, who should like, yeah. that's the thing. Um, I'll, I'll get to them in a minute. I do want to like, yes, Duke won by a lot over Wake. We can just move on past that. Um, NC State, I, I, I'm not as disappointed parent with them with the outcome of that game, right? Yeah. Because that's a tough place to play, a tough place to win. Still without CJ Bryce when it looked like he was going to play. And then all of a sudden, like, again, he still doesn't clear protocol or whatever. I don't really get what's going on there, but hopefully they'll get him back. But then the issue I had was the fact that they have a huge size advantage over Virginia mm-hmm. Tech. DJ Funderburg's been playing great and they shoot 33 pointers. Please stop it. Yeah. So, I mean, and they get blown out like and they had a window. I was I was listening to that game on my way to Carolina. Like they had a window to get in that game and to to but cuz Virginia Tech started off the half ice cold. They just couldn't make anything and and State's right there, but they just couldn't make any shots either. And I'm just like, "Get the ball inside. You have a really good player there." Uh his dad was also favoriting replies to my tweets <laughs> that were saying like they didn't get DJ Funderburg the ball enough and I see like Derek Funderburg favorites yeah, this reply. See all. He does not follow me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. He does not follow me, and I know he did a Twitter search because, oh, like, that's an easy name to Twitter search. Yes. But like, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, geez, guys, like, come on, just ugh. so. But yeah, other than that, like, I'm not mad at them for like losing that game, like I was when they lost at Clemson. I'm more just mad at the way it happened. And I know state fans are frustrated. There was already like a lot of grumbling, um, even with state fans. And I just think I understand concerns about like Keats and roster Kevin Keats and roster management maybe even game management but like I saw people saying like you should play your walk-ons if the guys aren't doing what you want them to do and I'm like come on yeah like that's not like this is such like this is not good thinking a and then b like (sighs) I just think like he he is coming from the CAA and this is, we've talked about this. Yeah. It's an adjustment. And and he's, I see him making a lot of positive steps. I really do. And I think like, just stick with it. 
be patient. I do think this team is on an upward trajectory. Like, yeah, I do. I, and he's got a great recruiting class coming in next year, just like Carolina, by the way. Like, no one's going to cry for Carolina next year because they've got a really good recruiting Virginia. class coming in. Same with right, Virginia's like, getting Hauser off the bench, too. Like, this is why, yeah, we'll get into I've got a lot of. Yeah, thoughts, like, it, 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 in other words, like, y'all, breathe. It'll yes. be okay. I under, I understand State fans' frustration because. 100%. Like there's concern about making the tournament at this point and and whatever, but they've got plenty of chances to make things okay, especially when they get Bryce back. Like they just like who who you, if Markel Johnson takes a shot you don't like, you will give your team less of a chance to win if you bench him for whoever. Yeah. And also like if you don't put in a walk on, there's no one else to put in. Braxton Beverly got his fourth foul early. Like there's you don't have yeah anybody they only else, played seven you know? dudes. They don't. They, the yeah. depth is not their friend this year with injury right now no. at least. Like with especially injuries at guard, and, yeah. yeah. Um, and so anyway, that's 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 you know. But okay, well, let's. Just, I mean, I want to talk about Virginia Tech for a second. Yeah. Like what a rebound. Like they. That was the thing that I think that's been frustrating this week for Virginia fans is that they got handled against Virginia, and to come out and respond, they went to Syracuse, picked up a really nice win there, come from behind, put a nice thing together, shot well. And then this game, I thought they played again. This is another one that they played consistently. And when they make they they shot forty one percent from three, which is good. Like you know, if they don't make threes, you're going to have a yeah. world of hurt. But if you're getting yep. so against Syracuse, they got nineteen points out of Jalen Cohn. Like that's the five ten freshman. You know, what I mean, like they're going to get if you can get nineteen points out of that kid on a night. I feel pretty good about their chances because you're going to get a relatively consistent performance out of Landers Nolly, who should be a lock at this point, I think for all ACC first team, as much as you can have a lock at this point of the season, I think he's just been undeniably good. Um, And he had 29 points against NC state. So that's, he's a player that's really difficult to stop, especially if, Oh yeah, I think NC state's defense could maybe use some work. Uh, question mark but <laughs> but it's just one of those like I've been impressed and also but they're Virginia Tech is a team that I don't know what to do with add them to the list like where do you just when you think you have an idea of to be fair to them they don't is. have a bad they to be fair to them they don't have a bad no loss. they absolutely um, I mean well unless, I mean, they didn't count play Virginia. well <laughs> right they didn't Sorry. play well in that game yeah. and when they lose like like to your point when they lose except for Duke which they kept reasonably close but like when they lose, they lose by a lot. Yeah, so, and they they spend all ugly, their chips. They put their chips all in on that Michigan State game, um, yeah. and then you know dropping one to Dayton, no harm, no foul there because Dayton again number six on Ken Palm. Like that's a really good team, but I think the the hangover one was the loss to BYU. But again, they're right outside the top twenty five on Ken Palm. So like you said, there's no bad loss. Um, and otherwise, they've I love I love Mike Young. I st- I stand been so Mike consistent. Young. He's a great coach, like legit a great coach. And I'm I'm honestly glad he's getting this kind of opportunity because I have like admired his work from afar at Wofford. Yeah. And have seen has I've seen him come in with every conceivable disadvantage against both like NC State and UNC and just yeah. you know, do work against against teams like that. And I, I respect him a ton. And I'm I know he's a little on the older side, but I'm I'm glad he's getting this chance now. Um But you look at their next be, stretch, just start, like I'm looking at this yeah, now. It's friendly. And it's they, they could they should I mean, again, sorry, 2019, 2020. This year in college basketball, yeah. don't do this. <laughs> they reasonably could win the next five. 
And if you're able to do that stuff and especially like, you know, Wake Forest on the road, Boston College on the road and Miami on the road, and then you get Syracuse and UNC at home like that. And that's the thing. This is a team. What I think I've been so impressed with is like, this is a team that was supposed to finish like last predicted to finish last in the ACC. So I just, I've been, you know, they've made some noise and that's, they probably won't get or shouldn't get tested again until they host Florida state, but they'll be interesting to watch. I think. Yeah, I I feel like Georgia, like, I, I again, I don't want to talk about this game for very long, but Georgia Tech is going to play spoiler, I think, to a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very concerned about Virginia going down there on Saturday. You should be. I'm very yeah, concerned about that. Like, I mean, look, they built on that win over Carolina, then they play Duke pretty tough. and They uh, should have beaten Duke. They had every opportunity to beat Duke. Yeah, they yeah. did not take advantage of the opportunity. And again, Duke is a very good team, and they limit the opportunities that you have. But when you get like three, four, five stops in a row against Duke, and you can't do anything with it, then you're you not. Yeah, score, you can't. Yeah. You're not gonna. You can't do it. But they, I mean, they have a top twenty-five defense, and I don't know if you've heard, but Virginia's offense is not super great. So, um, yeah. And when Georgia Tech gets going, yeah. like they do have a more capable, a much more capable offense. Um, than you would think, than the numbers would indicate. Like I saw them at state and was impressed with them. And and obviously at Carolina, they were able to do a lot. Um, But yeah, I mean, like they're capable Um, and they have like the one thing that goes for them is they have a ton of experience. Like that was when I first saw them, like when state was hosting them in game one and I knew state was going to be without Thunderbird and Markell, I was immediately concerned for NC state because I was like, this is an experienced team and like that matters. Yeah. Um, So Anyway, um, that's I've said way too much about Georgia Tech <laughs> basketball. I need to take a shower now. Um, yeah, so, okay. And then Pitt-Miami, I want to hit, like, quickly because I'm – I know road games are tough. I do, but, like – I'm. I was. I'm sorry. A this is surprised. one that I completely yeah. missed yesterday. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What would be the accurate what? thing there? Because you got to build on that win over Carolina. Yeah. Like with something, and I just Pitt has really shown positive signs this year, and I, I know they're probably going to be up and down all year. Like it is what it is, but eesh, you can't yeah. lose that game, y'all. I've been really, really hard on Miami. Like pretty hard on Miami. Um. They, their worst loss is UConn. That's not terrible. They're, this is a better resume than I would have given them, than I would have thought. They, granted, they've lost to all the good teams they played. Um, you know, they lost to Duke, Louisville twice now. Man, get those out of the way, huh? Um, Florida and UConn. Like, when you're looking at resumes of programs, that's not horrible, but... Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I, I'm with you. You, but still, but Pitt, you, you gotta, gotta win that. You gotta, you gotta. Yeah. Again, they're going in the right direction. I, obviously, like, there's no doubt in my mind. I don't think anyone's sitting here like, well, Capel might not be the guy. You know, like, um, especially when you go, go back and look at that super fun, awesome. <laughs> I just brought up on Ken because it's so beautiful. Um, the 2018 season <laughs> where they lost every. ACC game um, and it's just kind of like yeah you're in a good place you're you're all right you've yeah. got some green parts <laughs> on your Ken Palm profile now so that's that's uh, lovely to see yeah. that's I awesome. always think it like when it's when it's all red everywhere like Carolina's is it's like it looks like blood to me yeah. <laughs> yes. it's like oh the blood yeah oh god Virginia's always ends up with a bunch of blue <laughs> for like oh, just yeah. playing like slow <laughs> Yep. 
foot. Uh, well, that'll get us to that gets us to Virginia. We Let's can close it. it out with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, look, Syracuse makes no sense half the time, anyway. Um, <laughs> that, like, that game was so funny. And here's the thing: that I think what, there's a lot of consternation, hand wringing about you know from Virginia fans over something that I think is pretty straightforward, aka why they're struggling. And it's extremely. It's it's not like it's hard to pinpoint what's going wrong with Virginia this season. One, when you have three guys leave of the caliber of DeAndre Hunter. Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy um, leave early, which is a key piece because, you know, when Virginia recruits and roster plans, there's a low probability yeah, of they don't, they don't plan for, for guys yep. leaving every year. Granted, you could say, like, well, you should have seen the writing on the wall when it came to. But I, I am very confident in saying they knew DeAndre was leaving. Oh, yeah. I think Ty would have left. Yeah. I think Ty would have left either way. Um, so there's a little bit of that, but also like recruiting is, it's not like you just go to the, like, there's not like a five-star market where you're like, Oh, hello. Yes, please. One five-star. I'd like to replace a guard like this stuff. Is, and, and when you look at what Virginia has to do, when people are like, well, they shouldn't have punted on X, Y, and Z recruiting class, they wouldn't be in this problem. I don't think they punted. It's also really hard to get good kids or good, not good kids. Like, Oh, they're high character, good players, to want to sit behind, to have the pot, like possibility where you're sitting behind those three guys, right? So like, right. if you have a team that doesn't graduate people early very frequently, these top players, even if they're not the five stars, but maybe like the middling four, not middle, but the four stars aren't going to come sit on the bench behind these this big three and you know not get any playing time. So that's part of the factor in there. I jokingly say like losing Jack Salt, I think is a little bit bigger than a lot of people will like give it credit for. Um, nobody understood the defense or the offense better. Obviously, the defense is fine. I think you know they could use a little bit of help offensively when it comes to setting screens. What up? I was just going to say yeah. that screening, screening is so important is to what they so do. So important, and in the same vein, the three the guys that you have when you look at you know Cody Statman, who's a you know second year true true sophomore. You've got um, the junior college transfer uh, Tomas Woldetensai. And then you bring in for true freshman Casey Morsell. No, none of those three guys are as good as like Kyle was running off of screens, right? And it's hard to be as Kyle was probably the best in the country at the, yeah. at the action and the movement, and that's clearly lacking this season as well. And that's fine. Like it is what it is. It takes time to get, Kyle wasn't that good his first year, you know, whatever. Um, but you build all of these things in with the inexperience. And, you know, I think people forget that Kihei is a sophomore. <laughs> like, it's his team. Like, they talk about him like he's a senior leader. And this is the first time that he's like, yeah, again, we're 15 games in. So there is a little bit of like, okay, it's some, you got to start figuring things out or whatever. But he's not passing to future NBA, you know, about to leave for the NBA caliber players anymore. So his assist numbers would be higher but guys have to make shots and I'm not trying to like, you know, shit all over the guys that miss shots because it's going around the whole team. But so I think it's pretty simple. It's just inexperience. You're recouping, (laughs) but it's a good trade for winning the national championship. Y'all like it is what it is. And everyone knew that it was going to be a kind of question mark season. Um, I don't think Virginia fans remember what it's like to have a season where you are an average ACC team. And I think that's what Virginia is. They're average. 
Isn't it weird that like, yeah. and I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm overgeneralizing, but it's weird to me that I feel like on the whole, Carolina fans are taking this season that they're having better than Virginia I fans so. are. Which is, I, <laughs> I've made this joke for a while now. So like last year, or the year before, and, and this is where I have to put things in context, not just what Virginia fans have seen and like from covering this team, let's just take the last two seasons, not including a little half season we've got so far, but the last, you know, the 2018, 2019 seasons, they lost to combine six games total, like overall. And then you've lost to combine three regular season ACC games between those two. Right. And you look yeah. at those and that is absurd. Those numbers are insane for like Duke was 12 and six on the road. Well, I was looking at road games and Virginia was like, they lost two road games over the last two seasons in the conference. I'm like what? Um, sorry. That's a lie. One, they were like 17 and one because the one road loss was against Duke last year. Um, they were perfect on the road the year before that. And that, it's just like, you look at the numbers. And so I think that's where Virginia fans will always say like, oh, you know, whichever team wins the ACC this year is going to take some losses because the the teams are just that good this year. And then whenever Virginia would lose, it was this huge to-do about how it was similar to the Syracuse loss or how it was similar to the UMBC loss. Like Virginia couldn't lose without it being like a referendum on the program and the style and like this whole thing. Right. And so in one respect, this season has been very delightful because they lost to Syracuse and it was just because Syracuse hit five threes in overtime. Like, and because Virginia just doesn't have the same, like star power they did last year. And that's that. That's why they lost. It's great. It's not because the system is broken, you know? Um, But you just look at it and this is, people will probably reply to this and say, they're not average, they're trash. And I'm like, no, just sit back. At this point in the season, I'm very confident saying that they're an average team because the defense is great. The offense is not good. And they're going to win some games that you don't think they will win. And they're going to lose some games that they probably should win. And that's okay. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. And I think Carolina and Virginia are a little similar in the sense that they lost uh, probably about the same amount yeah. of like their key guys. Right. Yeah. And um, the biggest difference is Carolina signs a Cole Anthony, who's, you know, not currently playing. So yeah. that obviously <laughs> changes things yeah, a little, things. but then you also take a gamble, not a gamble, but like you get grad transfers in and other kinds of transfers that, you need them to work out. You yeah. need the freshmen to play. You need the guys that were role players to sort of step into these bigger roles. And that's not always the easiest thing to do. No. And I think the, that's something that those two teams have in common. And I think why their offenses look the way that they do yeah. is that, you know, I mean, that's, it's really just that simple. Like you were saying. And the confidence issue, that, that's what we talked about. I've, there was a moment against Syracuse where, and, and I knew, and it, it, this is the stuff that like breaks my heart where I'm like, Oh, that's tough. Cody Statman passed up a very good look at three and the entire arena groaned. Like it was the loudest like it wasn't a boo. They weren't like aggressively being mad. No, at him. you know what I mean. It was just like I'm an, familiar with this noise. The Smith Center used to make this yeah, noise a lot. And I think at that moment, like the, the, when and look, maybe you know they, people have been like they need to get Doctor Bob in there because there's a you know sports psychologist that Virginia has used before. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea. But here's the thing: not a single thing that you or I, you being the general Twitter public, or I will recommend has not already been thought of by the world class staff that Virginia has employed. <laughs> 
for their basketball program. So let's just, they're like, oh, you know what? That guy on, you know, such and such who for life thinks that we should get so-and-so to come talk. Like it's, they're thinking about all these things and they know these things and they're good coaches. And you know, same thing with Carolina. There's something that Roy hasn't already thought about that. Like is gonna- <laughs> Roy says that that's a common Royism. He's actually said like, when he gets radio show questions sometimes like it'll start with like have you thought about and he'll be like the answer is always going to be yes Yes. i have i guarantee they they never stop thinking about what they could be doing to like you know and but this this um the confidence the lack of confidence is contagious like we talked about with carolina like and you could just kind of see there are moments there was a stretch after virginia got back in this game which i will give like in the south carolina loss the boston college loss and the syracuse loss Virginia has a, been has managed to climb back in and put together really nice stretches where they're playing great basketball. They went on a 12-0 run against Syracuse. Um, then there's a little bit of the hesitation of like, how do we keep it up? So this is where that inexperience comes from too. So it's like managing a lead. What do you do with that once you get it? You want to keep right. playing. You know, Sometimes it was because they were playing fast and loose and taking advantage of a fast break. And then they get back into the like, well, I don't want to take a bad shot. Whereas there was more, I don't want to say recklessness, but you know, like they're more willing to take a chance knowing that they have to make a play to keep the game close or whatever it is. Um, and I really like the look that they got for Kihei at the end of regulation. And I think probably, you know, six times out of 10, he makes that shot. And there are people that are like, he shouldn't be. T-. I saw someone say that he was too weak to take threes. And that's yeah. when I logged off because Dude. the kid's hitting 33% or he hit 33% in that game, which uh, I don't know if you've been keeping track at home, but that's significantly better than they're shooting as a team. So yeah, let him take threes. He's, he might, he's got the clutch, you know, I don't know. He's, they used to run plays for me as like, a. <laughs> um, I was like off the bench as a kid, but like playing in Catholic school ball, like they would run. I was like a pretty good shooter. Um, especially if I was open, um, <laughs> not so much if I was not, but like they would run plays for me to like take, um, like corner threes and like, I was not too weak to take corner threes or whatever kind of three it was. Um, and I was 12. So yeah, just putting that out there. I-, I was also probably about the same height as he. <laughs> I do understand. This is not to say that there aren't things that. UVA fans should and can be frustrated about because like turnovers are frustrating and you know, the, you can see like Jay Huff's maybe overthinking some things like don't come down Ugh. with the ball, just go up. He's got a little bit of Mike Toby in him. Right. And that you feel, yeah. and I get like, and he, he ended up, you know, 16 points. He led the team. He had some really big plays. Um, but when I caught when I caught the box score, I saw he was oh five from the foul line, and I'm like, I, I like actually met Jay's dad yeah. this past summer at like an analytics thing that I like participated in, and I was and like he's really cool, really nice dude, and I'm sitting there like, and I know his dad's a coach, and I'm like, your dad is probably freaking out right and now, and that's and I look and this is where covering things has changed my perspective, and I don't expect like as a fan, like you're sitting at home and I get it. You're like, there are people that are in the you know comment section or online. And I know I shouldn't read the stuff um, that are like Jay Huff cost them the game type stuff. And there's something to be said for sitting there watching a, you know, 20, 21, 19 year old kid get questions about, you know, how frustrating is it for you when, you know, knowing that you were two for seven at the line in a game that, you know, went to overtime. 
and he's like pretty darn frustrated and you could see it in his face like that's the stuff that kills me is like not a single again this goes back to not a single thing that you can tell the coaches they haven't thought about if you want to be a jerk online about someone's performance like just know that like they feel that way themselves already you know like they they're the frustration they understand and is there and and so i get like yes he needs to go up stronger don't bring the don't put the ball on the deck (laughs) you know like sometimes you just got to figure out and those things are fine i get you're frustrated but you just have to take a step back and bennett i'm kind of like soliloquy now sorry but they decided not to lease the future to try and build up this year and get some of the, or not necessarily try. And they did try and bring people in. I think actually Pierce from Carolina was a target for yeah. a little bit. Um, wanted to keep him in state from William and Mary, but you know, like they did what they could recruiting wise, but they weren't willing to sacrifice some of the classes in the future to try and stop gap just this season after those three guys left early. And so that's yeah. where this is house money, Virginia fans. <laughs> that's the thing. This like, is house money. Like, no. <laughs> like maybe yeah. they don't make the tournament. And you know what? That's also okay. You know who did that? Carolina did that once yeah, after winning the title. Because guess what happens after you win a title? People leave because you had good players that took you to the title. And then you bring it. They have the class they have coming in next year with Jabri and um, Reese Beekman, who's the point guard of the future and Carson McCorkle, who's at the game. And then you've got Sam Hauser coming off the bench and Caden Shedrick coming off a red shirt. Like it'll, again, no one should feel sorry for Virginia right now. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people do yeah. not, but it, that's literally all it'll it be is. Fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. Anyway. That's the, yeah. That's, that's, I think that like for Carolina fans and for, um, uh, for Virginia fans and, you know, maybe even state fans to a degree, if they're, if they're a little, anxious or whatever um state fans i think will be fine this year um but carolina and virginia like you guys will be okay like you you, this is a bump in the road and it might be a rough bump but like i don't know if that game broke the carolina crowd by the way like it might have it might have yeah (laughs) maybe they'll take a turn now and be like either not showing up or not as like rah-rah supportive um maybe i don't know but like that's I think that's worth keeping an eye on too, but you know, maybe Virginia fans should like, I know the, the groaning is involuntary, but maybe, you know, just, just try like do it, go, go full supportive guy to get a shout out to supportive guy on Twitter. Like just, you know, try that tactic of just like being happy when good things happen and, and supportive and, 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 you know, it might not make a big difference, but it helps. So, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us also because Caroline dropped off um, the call. So um, that's it for the, an ACC podcast. Um, We will come back to you at some point later this week to talk about the ACC weekend. Uh, Bye everybody. Bye.